Good morning. Let us begin our worship by reading responsibly, our responsive reading printed in your worship folder and on the screen. Jesus told them a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? No good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. Let us pray. Merciful God, hear our prayer. Forgive us, for we have not always known what to do with this matter of faith that you have given to us. We leave it behind on Sunday morning like a forgotten umbrella left on a chair. We encase it in glass and mark it as fragile, lest it get scratched or broken or bruised. We display it on a table where it may be seen, but will not be in the way. Forgive us, O God, for choosing to protect our faith rather than to live it. Forgive us for choosing to admire it rather than to be molded by it. And forgive us, O God, when we cling to a faith that is too small for the challenge of this life and the hope of this life to come. Forgive us and renew within us today a great and living faith. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Please be seated. Good morning. We welcome you here this morning. We're glad that you're here in God's house as we uh, worship the Lord together, and we welcome you. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here, and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. And if this is the first time you've been with us, we'd like for you to drop by our hospitality table uh, just out in the foyer after the service. We'd like to uh, give you a gift this morning. Uh, let me remind every one of our attendance sheets that are on each row, we'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please uh, uh, put your email address on there so we can have a record of your attendance and uh, we can get you on the list to receive that email newsletter that comes out each Thursday. We're glad that you're here. It's good to be in God's house. We were just singing about being strong in the Lord, and one of the things that brings us strength is being together in Christ. Just the presence of God in each other is something that, that strengthens our faith, and so we're glad to be uh, together in God's house to, today to share the love of God. So let me invite you now to stand and share the love of God with the people around you as you greet each other in God's name today. Thank you so much. As, the, as you are taking your seats, children, come forward for our children's moment. Uh, Mr. Nibby is up here for our children's moment, so come on up, children. Come on. Hey, we're, do we have some children this morning? Hey, we got a big group today. Oh, wonderful. Do any more children out there that want to come up this morning? Thank you, Miss Mary, for being a part of us, too. We appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. What about tomorrow? Tell me what you're going to be for Halloween. She is going to be a mermaid. Okay, and what are you going to be? Okay, tell me what you're going to be. What? Spider-Man? What about a cat? Oh, my goodness. Isn't it wonderful that we have, I don't know if you really call Halloween a holiday, but it's getting to be that way. But uh, one day out of a year that we can dress up and be something we're not. Isn't that funny? Why Why do we dress up? Because it's fun. Sometimes it's even scary to dress up. But on Christmas Day... Do we wear our Halloween costumes to church? No, it's a different time. So Halloween is the one day out of the year where we can be something that we're not. For the rest of the time of the year, what are we supposed to be? Yourselves. You're supposed to be me. Yourself. 
how do you be the me that God created you to be? Well, I've got three little things that can help you be the me that God created you to be. And I want you to learn them this morning. The first thing you can do is have love in your heart. And when you see somebody that possibly, that's lovable, that's easy to do. But sometimes not everybody is lovable. When we love someone that is not lovable, that's a good thing. The other thing that we can do is show grace. Now, that's a big churchy word, but it's pretty simple. Um, We just show grace by just, when somebody does something that's not very nice, we say, that's okay. We know it's a mistake. So love is the first thing that we can do to be the me that God created us to be. And the second thing that we can do to be the me that God created us to do is to show grace. And the third thing that I'm going to give you to be the me that God created you to be is to always show kindness. Okay? So love, grace, and kindness help us to do what? You say it with me. Be the me that God created me to be. Isn't that fun? So Halloween's a great time when we can actually pretend not to be the me that God created us to be, but the rest of the time of the year we can. Okay? What you got to say? One last thought. Happy Halloween. That's great. One more thing. Halloween's coming again, just like Christmas comes again. And But every day of the year, let's say that one more time, we're to be the me that God created us to be. Okay, and amen. Thank you. morning. Our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, 
The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. They make their salactories broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and being able to gather in your house. We pray that we will take these words from Matthew to heart and remember not to be prideful, not to be showy, not to set ourselves above other people. We pray that you will help us to always work within your will. We pray that you will always Keep us connected to you, doing the work that you have laid out for us. We ask that you bless this church and the ministries that it provides. We ask you to be with all those who need healing today, all those who have problems. We ask that um, they be led to you for courage and strength and comfort. We ask you to be with us as we go from this place out into the world. And we pray that we may be examples for others to see you. Amen.
As All Saints Day approaches, we give thanks to all the saints of old and the saints of our churches. Those that gave their time and treasures as Jesus taught us, let us follow their example. Bless them and these tithes and offerings given honor to you. Amen.
How beautiful that is. Thank you, choir. Tomorrow night is Halloween. There are many who think of Halloween as the devil's night and don't, don't want anything to do with it, but Halloween is actually a holiday with rich religious roots. In fact, the hallow in Halloween comes from the, the root, as the, the same root as the phrase, hallowed be thy name, that we find in our Lord's Prayer. You see, Halloween is the day before the traditional Christian celebration known as All Saints Day. So it, it was intended to be a hallowed eve, a holy eve, and it was shortened to Halloween. The tradition in which we think of ghosts and witches comes to us from the Celts. The Celts believed that the souls of the dead roamed the earth one night during the fall. And since it was during harvest time, the people would gather around and huddle together around a a bonfire and would eat together and tell stories. And and thus Halloween evolved into a celebration of, of witches and ghosts far removed from All Saints Day. And I trust that all of our children will be very careful if they go trick-or-treating tomorrow night. Uh, in fact, a good alternative is to go trick-or-treating at our downtown businesses and then come to our fall festival here at Community Baptist. But regardless of what you do, I'm sure that trick-or-treating here in Henderson will be nothing like trick-or-treating in a place called Churchill, Manitoba in Canada. You see, Manitoba is most famous for its polar bears. In fact, Manitoba is known as the polar bear capital of the world. And that's why children trick-or-treating in in Churchill, Manitoba, have to be really, really careful. The rules for trick-or-treating are are very strict. No polar bear costumes. In fact, no white costumes at all, including ghosts or nurses or brides or anything like that. And definitely no seal costumes. The reason? Polar bears may show up at any moment. And so to protect the children going door to door on Halloween, conservation officers and game wardens are out on patrol with dart guns to tranquilize any wayward bear that might happen to wander into town. A helicopter does surveillance from overhead. Local volunteers with two-way radios patrol in cars, and police constables carry shotguns to frighten the bears away. And, and while noise may help, authorities say that the most effective deterrent against the bears is light. And so each year, more than a dozen fire trucks and, and ambulances and police cruisers are positioned around the town with their lights flashing away into the, into the night. So you thought you were concerned about your child going out on Halloween night. We have it made. At least we don't have to worry about polar bears. But since tomorrow is Halloween, some of us may be thinking about what kind of costume to wear. Or at least what kind of mask to put on. And Jesus was thinking about the same thing in our lesson for today, though he was not thinking about Halloween. He was thinking about the masks that people put on in their everyday lives, especially the Pharisees. 
Listen to these words carefully. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do what they tell you, but do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy and cumbersome loads and put them onto other people's shoulders, but they are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and, and the most important seats in the synagogue. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. Now, let's stop right there for a second. You get the picture. Jesus said that about the teachers and the Pharisees, they do not practice what they preach. Have you ever run into somebody like that? Somebody who does not practice what they preach? We all have. You remember the famous outlaw Jesse James? It is said that Jesse James, who also happened to be the son of a Baptist minister, he liked church. He loved church a lot. And it said that Jesse James killed a man in a bank robbery and shortly thereafter was baptized in a nearby Baptist church as if nothing had happened. And then he killed another man, a bank cashier, and immediately joined the church choir. I'm beginning to look at some of them with some suspicion there. He even taught them hymn singing. As one commentator reported, He liked Sundays, Jesse did, but he he couldn't always make it to church because Sunday was his day to rob trains. I believe you could say that Jesse James did not practice what he preached. And I don't know, but I've been told that some politicians suffer from this same affliction. There's a story about Teddy Roosevelt seems that during one of his election campaigns, a delegation of citizens came to Roosevelt's house and Roosevelt met them at the door with his coat off and his sleeves rolled up. And he said, why don't we go down to the barn and we can talk while I do a little work? So the delegation followed him down to the barn and Roosevelt picked up the pitchfork and looked around for the hay to pitch up into the hayloft, but there was no hay. And so he called out to his assistant, John, where's all the hay? And John called down from the hayloft and said, Sorry, sir, I haven't had time to toss it back down after you pitched it up while the Iowa delegation was here. Well, that's politics. Politicians wear masks. Having said that, though, I feel I must say this. The truth of the matter is that we all wear masks from time to time. On occasion, we all play the hypocrite. I'm certainly conscious of that. Every time I talk about taking up the cross and following Jesus, I am confronted with the question of how much my faith costs me and whether I'm giving my all to follow the Master or not. You understand that. It's true of you as well. The critics are right. The church is full of hypocrites. And those of you who are more aware of Christ's call on your lives are also more aware of just how inadequate our witness 
is. M. Scott Peck tells about the first time he went to hear Dr. Paul Tunier, who was one of the most influential Christians in the world. And he said that after Tunier's lecture, there was a time for questions and answers. And, and, and at that time, a, a man stood up and he asked Dr. Tunier, what do you think about all of the hypocrites in churches across America? Well, strug- he was struggling with the language and Tunier apologized and he said, that he didn't understand the word hypocrite. He's from Switzerland. He didn't understand the word hypocrite. And so several people offered definitions. You know, people who are phony. People who are pretending to to be somebody that they're not. Inauthentic, false, fake. Well, all of a sudden, the doctor's eyes lit up and he said, Ah, hypocrites, yes, now I understand. And then he said, C'est moi. C'est moi. I am the hypocrite. My friends, the closer you are to Jesus, the more you measure your life by His life, and the more aware you are that your life does not measure up. And so we cry out along with Paul to an egg, C'est moi. It's me. I am the hypocrite. You see, we're all hypocrites. We all wear our masks from time to time. But some people take it to the extreme. And that's what Jesus disliked so much about the Pharisees. You have heard it said, uh, the the expression that that someone wears their religion on their sleeves. You've heard that said before, haven't you? Well, the Pharisees literally wore their religion on their sleeves and on their foreheads. They wore phylacteries, which are these little leather boxes, and they put them on their foreheads. And these boxes contained verses of Scripture from the Old Testament. And they also liked to wear long tassels on their robes and on their their prayer shawls. And both of these practices are based on obscure references in the Old Testament, but their only practical purpose was to show other people how religious they were. Common people didn't do this. And all the while, the Pharisees oppressed the common people with their, their strict interpretations of the law. The Pharisees counted 613 laws that people were required to do in order to to live a life that they considered to be pleasing to God. But by focusing on those 613 rules and the thousands of applications that they had about these rules, the Pharisees neglected the weightier issues of love and justice. And that's what Jesus meant when he said that they tie up heavy and cumbersome loads and put them onto the shoulders of others, but they're not willing to lift a finger to help move them. So we all wear our masks. But the Pharisees took the wearing of masks to the, to the extreme. And, but there's something else that we need to hear this morning. 
And that is that we need to be very careful about judging other people by the masks that they wear. And this is a different perspective on wearing masks. We need to be careful. We need to recognize that all of us wear masks. Every one of us do. We have our secrets. We have our inner motivations. But we also need to be very careful about judging other people by the masks that they wear. Marilyn Morgan Hellenberg tells about a creature that appeared at her door one Halloween night. She called it the scariest creature that she's ever seen. The rubber mask covering this young man's face had twisted features and the pulled-down mouth and a bright red wound across the cheek. Quickly, Marilyn dropped a couple of homemade cookies into the young man's sack, and, and he hurried away. And then a couple of days later, when the paper boy came to collect, he said, those sure were good cookies that you baked the other day for Halloween. You guessed it. He was the young man behind the mask. Well, Marilyn could hardly believe it. She said, Darren's a real sweetheart. He's good-natured. He's polite. He's working to become an Eagle Scout. And so it made Marilyn wonder, could there be a lovable child of God behind some of the ugly masks that we wear every day? That woman with the unwashed hair and dirty clothes who sat next to us in church last week, might there be a a sweet-natured child with little self-esteem behind her unkempt appearance? That opinionated man who seems so cocky and irritable, is is it possible that there's a, a little boy behind his blustery camouflage hoping that his fear will not be discovered? That pushy woman crowding in front of us at the post office. I wonder if the little girl in her has felt ignored for too long. There's a child in me too, says Marilyn. And sometimes she hurts. Thank God for those special people who care enough to look beyond the false face that I sometimes wear. You know, those are wise words. Be careful about judging people by the masks that they wear. The Pharisees were wearing masks. They were pretending a piety that they did not possess. And who among us has not done the same? We all have. But here's the most important thing that we need to say. Regardless of the masks that we wear... We cannot fool God. Regardless of what kind of mask we choose to put on, God knows us just as we really are. You see, God sees into our hearts. God knows our innermost thoughts. God knows our motivations and our real priorities. And so even though we may be able to fool the people around us, We cannot fool God. God knows. In Basel, Switzerland, each year there's a festival in which the good Protestant people there all put on their masks and go through the city doing things and going places that they would never 
consider doing under normal circumstances. The mask which hides their identity gives them the courage to do these things and to go these places. But one year the Salvation Army was so concerned about the abandonment of moral standards that they put up signs all over the town that said, God sees behind the mask. (laughs) You know, it's true. God does see behind the mask. And it troubled Jesus that the Pharisees taught one thing but did something else. But here's why that bothered Jesus so much. You see, the Pharisees held a position of responsibility. They were the spiritual leaders of their community. They were the the teachers and the preachers. And if they taught one thing and did something else, what would that say to those who were looking to them for guidance? And my friends, the same thing can be said of us, all of us. For you see, if we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, then we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is with God's help, to make our deeds and our words match. In other words, practice what you preach. I heard an amusing story about a high school concert band a few years ago. The band was scheduled to give its spring concert. But just a couple of days before the concert, the director took ill and a substitute was brought in who didn't know any of the students. Well, there's one trombone player who thought that he would take advantage of this situation. He came up to a friend and he said, Hey, Joe, how about filling in for me on the trombone at the concert? I've got this big date that on, on that night and I don't want to miss it. And Joe said, Sure, I, but, but the problem is I can't play the trombone. I've never picked up one in my life. Never touched one in my life. And so the trombonist said, Well, that's no problem. Just fake it. Just watch the other players and do what they do, and nobody will ever know the difference. And so he agreed. Well, the night of the concert came, and, and Joe put on his friend's band uniform, and he carried his, his trombone up onto the stage with the other trombonists. Joe watched the others. He picked up his instrument when they picked up theirs. And, and when the others seemed to extend their slides, Joe extended his slide and pretended to blow into the mouthpiece. And so Joe began to relax a little bit. He said, this isn't so hard. But then later in the program, he noticed that there was a piece that called for all four trombones to play a brief quartet. And so Joe waited until that part came up, and he got up with the other trombonists, and when the substitute director pointed at them, and and, and then looking out out of the corner of his eye, Joe raised up his trombone to his lips simultaneously with the others. All four of them took a breath and, and with a unified motion they pulled their slides in a gesture that suggested uh, harmony. And, and, and then not a sound came forth. Nothing. It turns out that all four of them were filling in for friends. Not a one of them knew how to play the trombone. They were all pretenders. No trombone quartet that night. Do 
This is a reminder of the one thing that cannot be faked. It is what we do. It is our service. Service to Christ and service to others. We are asked in the Scripture, how will people know that we are truly disciples of Jesus? And the answer is by our love and by our actions towards others. You see, love cannot be kept inside. It has to be expressed in our actions. After Jesus points out the grievous behavior of the Pharisees, he concludes with with what's really important in showing our devotion to God. He said, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, it's not how religious you pretend to be. And it's not, it's not about perfect attendance at Sunday school or the number of Scripture verses that you memorize. What truly marks you as a disciple of Jesus Christ is what you do out there. How you treat other people. How you serve others. Because that is something that cannot be faked. Either you do it, Or you don't. So if you're tired of wearing a mask, then take it off. Live a life of authentic Christian service. Giving your life to serving God. Giving your life to serving God's children. And give yourself to a life of love. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's moving in your life as we sing together, Just As I Am, number 307. And I hope you'll know today that that's the only way we can come to God because God sees behind the mask that you might be wearing today. And you might come with with that mask. You might come with something covering you. And you might be worried, well, you know, if I let people in the church know who I really am, then they're not going to like me very much, and God's not either. Well, let me tell you something. God knows who you really are anyway. God knows who you are. He sees behind the mask. But here's the good news. God loves you anyway. That's grace. God loves you no matter what kind of mask you are wearing. And that's the wonderful good news of the gospel of Christ. And so we invite you to come just as you are. Mask and all if you want or take it off. God knows. But come just as you are to accept the loving grace of a God who loves you in spite of yourself and in spite of myself. We invite you to make that commitment today. Or perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church. Or, or maybe you've been struggling with the mask that you've been wearing and you need some prayer. 
Let's pray about it. Come and we'll pray. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing. today. We're glad that you're here. Just a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. I'd like to remind everyone that we will be having our fall festival tomorrow at 530. Uh, Right after all the activities downtown, they'll have their parade about 5 o'clock and people will gather out here for free chili and chili dogs and games and costume contests and just lots of fun. I, I, I hear people all the time come up to me and say, you know, it wouldn't be Halloween if we couldn't come to Community Baptist for free chili and, and, uh, and games. So come and join the fun tomorrow night at 530. Uh, along those lines, though, we need your help. Uh, after the service today, if you could, could stand around or stay around for a few minutes and help us to remove the chairs because we, we're going to decorate today. So if you can remove the chairs after the service uh, today and help us with that, we would appreciate it. And if you'd like to come back at 1.30 and help us decorate, we would appreciate that as well. Um, And, Jerry, do we need any more cookies or or monetary funds? We got plenty of cookies. We could use some some money uh, to cover the expense of the chili and and the expenses of the uh, fall festival. So if you would like to contribute to that, you can see, see Jerry for that. We are continuing our capital campaign, and it's moving along. I think uh, we have close to $8,000 with that, I think $7,900. So we will be working at that uh, throughout the month of November. And the purpose of this is to pay down the debt of our building before we refinance at the end of November. So I hope you can contribute uh, generously to that. Our joy lunch will be on Tuesday, which is a little different. Uh, We normally have it on the second Tuesday, but this month is going to be the first Tuesday because the second Tuesday is election day, and we will be having a a, we are a polling station, so they'll be uh, voting in here. So joy lunch will be on this Tuesday. Mary Rye will be the program. Is that right? And uh, about Thanksgiving, and um, and we, we invite you to come. And anybody can come if you have a lunch hour. You're invited to come. You don't have to be a a senior citizen or retired. We invite everybody to come and be a part of that. And on Wednesday, 
for our, our children in our congregation. We'll be beginning our children's choir on Wednesdays. Our children's choirs, I should say. There are two of them. And so that will be beginning on Wednesday night. And so I hope our children, our parents can get our, children's there, our children there and uh, have a wonderful time of, uh, of singing together. And let me remind our church council that we do have a meeting this afternoon. We have a couple of things that we need to talk about, make sure we're ready for tomorrow night and those kinds of things. So that's this afternoon at 4 o'clock. So I hope you'll be there for that. Let us bow for our benediction. As we go, I pray that we may know God's power in practice. I pray that out of the glorious richness of God's resources, God will enable you to know the strength of the Spirit's innermost reinforcement. That Christ may actually live in your hearts by faith. And I pray that you, rooted and founded in love, may be able to grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of Jesus Christ. And to know that love for yourselves so that you will be filled through all your being with God. Amen. Thank you.